Welcome to Best Health, presented by the Royal Gazette and RG Mags, a new podcast series with the best health expertise in Bermuda. In this episode, we're speaking with professionals from the Argus Group who share information with us about health insurance. Good morning, both of you, and thank you for joining us. Please introduce yourself. Good morning, Crystal, and uh, my name is Shakira Warner. I'm the Vice President of Population Health Management at Argus. And good morning to you as well, Crystal. Uh, Christopher Mundy, also Vice President, but of Client Management with Argus Group. I'm very glad to have you here with us. Thank you so much for your time. So let's get right into it. We have a lot of questions to ask. First of all, in Bermuda, how is health care paid for? Well, let me first say, before I answer that question, um, we're pretty pleased to be living in Bermuda that has a pretty unique construct for healthcare, healthcare services, et cetera. Um, the reason I say that because healthcare is part of a legislated uh, ecosystem, if I may use, use that term, where every employed person should have healthcare provided by their employer. And so for that reason, we see very minimal undercovered or no covered um, individuals at all. And so for that reason, we're pretty happy to say thank you for the Bermuda construct, uh, someone with a vision to see legislation is necessary in that space. And a real testament to this is just in the past 18 months to see how quickly Bermuda's health system mobilized to address the COVID pandemic um, in terms of uh, you know, redistributing healthcare services and personnel and funding, um, as well as getting supplies. Um, so that really is a, a kind of an indicator for how strong the health system is. Yes. So to... It is something that we have a lot to be thankful for, yes. Definitely. Absolutely. So how is healthcare paid or funded? So there are three ways um, that healthcare is uh, paid for or funded. Uh, the primary way is through government programs, uh, government um, spending or sponsoring. And then there's a second way, which we're probably more familiar with, through health insurance plans, where employers and employees are covered. And then the third way, perhaps someone with deeper pockets than mine, may have uh, ways to fund or contribute towards healthcare services. So those are the primary ways. Now, how does that come to life and support um, the healthcare um, funding piece. So the textbook answer for this is paying for healthcare generally consists of three steps. So the first is revenue collection, then pooling, and then purchasing. So revenue is pooled and allocated to cover uh, a group of people, and this is done. This revenue collection is done by uh, through taxation or through private insurance through premiums, um, and. These revenues are pooled and allocated to, to cover a group of people with varying health risks and needs. So some people in this group may be very healthy with lower costs, and some people may require more health care and have higher costs. So when someone in that group then needs health care services, then this is the time when it's, uh, this is the time when health care is paid for. And sometimes the cost of the services can be minimal. And other times, especially if the care is more complex, like cancer treatment, it can be too expensive for a person to pay for on their own. So this is where health insurance provides protection when it comes to uh, the, the step of purchasing health care. Well, you kind of already answered my next question there, like what is health insurance directly? And Christopher, you mentioned that health insurance coverage is mandatory for all employed persons in Bermuda. 
but does it extend to children or perhaps even our seniors as well? Can you shed some light on that? Yeah, so through the same construct, even though we're going to dig into that a little bit further, but what you will find is that dependent coverage is pretty much part of most plans. So you will find that children are also on the plans for their their parents or the primary uh, um, caregivers. And so dependent coverage is a a standard thing within the healthcare construct. Uh, Now, outside of that, for those who are older, then there are other plans, such as future care and so on. But Shakira will get into that a little bit more. Yes. So as we mentioned previously, if you're employed, it's mandatory for your employer to provide you with basic health insurance, and that's legislated by the government of Bermuda. Some employers also offer additional benefits through private insurance companies like Argus to give their employees and their families access to a greater variety of health care services. So just to talk a little bit about the history of health insurance, um, health insurance was primarily developed as a benefit to protect employees from financial hardship, and this can be this could arise from illness or injury. However, what we've seen is that Uh, the role of health insurance has evolved over the years to include things like preventive health care and coverage for things like prescription drugs, vision care, dental care, and other services such as care coordination. Um, If you're you're not employed or if you're retired, the approach is slightly different. So health insurance then is optional, and you'll have the opportunity to shop around for a plan that both meets your coverage needs and what you can afford. So it's up to the individual to balance those things and find a plan that suits their needs. Learn something new every day. I did not realize that, so thank you for sharing. So in a simple way, how does health insurance coverage work Uh, both locally and overseas if necessary? What would the process look like? So if you need to visit a healthcare provider in Bermuda, for example, your primary care doctor, after you visit your doctor's office, um, the the office manager will bill the insurance company or what we call submit a claim for for a portion of the cost of the visit. You may have to share in the cost of the visit, which is what is known as your copay. It's actually illegal for a provider in Bermuda to bill you the full amount for a service upfront. So it's illegal for a provider to bill you for both the insurance portion and your copay portion. They can only bill you for the copay portion. Um, they I must. Did not know that. Yes, and they must bill that covered portion to the insurer. So that was something that was legislated a few years back, um, and I think. This is why having a podcast like this is quite good because we can, uh, you know, provide this information so that, you know, patients as consumers can make good choices and also advocate for themselves if they know something, you know, doesn't seem quite right um, and they can uh, kind of know their rights as a patient and also as a healthcare consumer. Speaking of choices, out of curiosity, what options are there for people who don't have health insurance coverage at all? So foremost, um, I have to say this first, if you are in an an emergency health situation, you need to just go to the nearest emergency department or urgent care center, regardless if you're insured or not, because preserving your life is the most important thing. So I just wanted to say that first. Um, If you do not have health insurance, we understand that that can become a real barrier to getting care, especially that critical preventive health care that's there to keep you well. 
Um, however, there are some com community resources that are, are available to assist you, such as the Department of Health and Bermuda's healthcare charities like the Bermuda Diabetes Association, Bermuda Cancer and Health, Open Airways. Um, and um, these are all foundations that provide resources that can help you get access to basic health advice, screenings, and supplies. And regardless of your insurance status, it's also so important to maintain a relationship with your primary care doctor. And this tends to be one of the kind of most overlooked elements of, of health care is that relationship that you build with your doctor. Because they can not only assess your physical well-being, but also your emotional well-being and your mental health. And they can also work with you as you kind of move through these life stages and help you get the care you need within the boundaries of your financial situation or assist you um, in, in, in covering or, or finding solutions uh, to, to paying for your health care. One of the misconceptions about insurance um, is that, okay, some people may think, I'm covered for insurance, but they don't know exactly what's in their policy. And we've heard of situations, you know, very, very unfortunate situations where uh, people might have basic health insurance coverage that covers local services only, but don't have overseas coverage, um, and not realizing this until there's a situation where they need to go overseas or they're in an emergency. So if you have coverage for overseas care, this is where insurance companies really do prove their value. If you think about Bermuda, it's a very limited health system. You know, there's a couple of providers, one hospital. But if you look overseas, whether that's the U.S., U.K., or anywhere else in the world, there's just so many facilities and providers. So knowing where to go is just not as straightforward. And in, what insurance companies do is they work on your behalf to establish relationships or networks with providers. And this, in turn, will give you more value for money, more so than if you were to pay an over overseas provider on your own. So what the insurance company does is establish these, these uh, relationships ahead of, ahead of time and then also negotiate um, in terms of prices and costs um, with the overseas care providers. Um, care that's not available in Bermuda can be expensive, so the insurers do work to really minimize your out-of-pocket costs. In the short of it, it would be crucial for an individual to understand exactly what their policy covers and how to communicate with you and understand next steps in the event they needed care overseas then. And, you know, I think we realize that the policy documentation is not something that someone is going to pull out and read before they go to bed at night or, or read on the <laughs> beach. We, we understand that. Yeah, absolutely. In, in, in fact, what we find is that we get a lot of calls, and those calls are around the policy benefits that are within their grasp, perhaps in, in a folder somewhere at the house, or information that sits right on our website. And so right. from the onset, when we build a relationship with an employer and their employees, we try to empower them with information or access to the information or how to translate that information so it makes sense so that they can apply it to whatever their, their needs are, either locally or overseas. So access to information and understanding it is crucial. Yes, and, and my kind of recommendation is, uh, you know, if you don't know, ask. Um, 
talk mm-hmm. to set out time to ask the questions whether that be to your HR department or getting in contact with your relationship manager um, and and just so that you can be clear because the worst thing in the world is for um, something to happen and you're expecting to be covered for a certain service and it, mm. it hasn't been in you know it's not included in your policy so definitely get that clarity ahead of time because that will take a lot of the stress out of the situation speaking of important questions I'm sure there are people who are a lot smarter than I am who you know uh, consider this it seems you know to your average though that coverage in Bermuda is quite expensive compared to other places in the world and you know, you understand the cost of living and everything, but can it be adjusted in any way? Or is there a legitimate reason why it, it is the price that it is for, you know, your average worker? Yeah, that is probably the biggest question of the day. Um, the, yes, the, the, the <laughs> in these times factor, especially. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> we, we do live at a time where um, price, most persons are sensitive about price, not just individuals, but organizations. But let me start answering that question this way. Your health is your wealth. Now, what do I mean by Mm. that? The better care, the better you take care of your health, then most likely you would spend less over time fixing your health when there are more critical things. So Shakira mentioned earlier about the prevention side. And so if we employ... Um, prevention in, in making that a daily habit, then what will happen is over time, you would find that you may avoid certain longer term, bigger bucket payouts. Your health is your wealth. Mm-hmm. Let's go into some of the f- other factors that contribute to cost. So multiple factors. Number one, claims experience. When we look at how much you put aside in premium and then how much is paid out of that same dollar, to care for ourselves, that is that is the claims ratio or claims percentage. Now, the next piece is we also have to look at some risk factors in there as well. So, for example, um, Shakira talked about pooling earlier. If you look at the pooling, is the overall demographics of that pool a healthy one or less healthy one? And so you can imagine which one would drive costs a little bit more, the less healthy yeah. pool, right? Yeah. Yes. And then there's some other macro influences such as, you know, what is what is inflationary cost? What are what are other medical costs and services outside of our control, your control that also contributes towards the cost? And then finally, our Bermuda population is not getting younger. Um, and we're not growing <laughs> um, fast either when you look at our population numbers. And so within yes. a small community, Growing health concerns, um, expense um, going up for from the inflation side, those are the factors that really drive healthcare costs. And if you look at the costs in the global context, um, I know there's been a lot of posts going around on social media that uh, that talk that have spoken about how Bermuda is like in the top five of the most expensive places to live in the world. We know that mm-hmm. Bermuda tends to or is a jurisdiction that is, um, you know, a very um, expensive place to live. So we do have to factor that into um, the cost of delivering services. Um, and also when we're talking about healthcare itself, as opposed to any other kind of service, 
Um, delivering health care requires a number of, of, of complex um a number of complex things. So the first being that it's a professional service. So healthcare providers have to undergo, you know, years and years and years of medical training. So as soon as you're talking about a professional service, you are talking about a, a certain price point. And then also when we're talking about healthcare, we're talking about the site of delivery. So usually this is associated with a facility and also associated with certain medical technology and equipment. And those two things, the professional service as well as the, um, you know, the equipment and the technology um, and the things that enable that service, you know, you have to factor that into, into the equation and then think about that in Bermuda's context. And as Chris mentioned before, there are some things that we, we, we don't have control over, such as our aging population, um, such as, you know, you might have more, more uh, women employed in a certain um, in a certain employer group, and of course that might um, we, we know that women tend to have different health seeking behaviors than men, um, and that will also adjust um, uh, adjust what healthcare coverage would be for that group. Um, but in terms of the things that we can improve, there are so many opportunities for us to improve how uh, we interact with each other in the health system. Uh, one, as patients, um, you know, being educated about uh, you know, our policies and about he- our health care options. And for example, um, a, a good example that I use is if you're prescribed a medication and, you know, your doctor gives you the okay uh, to take it, and you can inquire about a generic option if the generic option is available. And generics tend to be covered at 100%, which reduce your personal health care costs. Um, also, there are some inefficiencies in, in the system that we've identified, uh, like, for example, with care coordination. We know that individuals who are, who are sicker and perhaps are seeing multiple health care providers, that tends to be a very complicated um, uh, situation for the person and can be quite frustrating and can create some inefficiencies in terms of how that person interacts with their providers. So this is really where care coordination comes into play. Having a, an advocate on your behalf to help you keep track of your appointments and your medications and coordinate care with your providers and making sure that everyone is working off of the same subset of information. That was a lot of information, guys. I know it's a complex system, and, you know, that question is not easily answered. In the short of it, there are many factors to consider, and uh, there's, you know, some things that an individual can do, but, of course, it's really important to uh, work with your provider and understand what can be influenced and what can't. And you mentioned, of course, the whole concept of pooling, both of you, when it comes to just an individual, like an employee, what influence do, do they have if they'd like alternatives to the health insurance provided by their company? Yeah, another another fine point. You know, inherently, group plans uh, come with quite a bit of benefits. Uh, there are enormous amount of um, things that are encompassed in, in your employer group plan, regardless of where where um you, you purchase that plan from any one of the providers. But I'll say this, no one plan with any provider has all the medical or benefits you need for every medical service. I'll say that again. Of course. No one group plan can give you every single thing you would ever need to go see a doctor for services. 
So that being the case, you have to be um, very mindful about what you want to add as a benefit in a already pretty robust plan because everything you add increase the cost to every member who's participating in that pool, right? And so mm-hmm. if, you, if you're looking for balance, then that's where you work with uh, your provider to say, you know, you know, Mr. Health Insurer, um, what can I have in this plan? What should I take out? What is necessary? I'll give you an example. Um, you know, some of our clients may say, hey, listen, um, I would like to have uh, adult, you know, orthodontics as a benefit within the plan. And you say, yeah, great idea. However, out of, let's say, a group of 50, 60 employees, maybe three people really have a need for that. Mm-hmm. But right. then, remember, the pooling cost, right? So should I then add that benefit and have the entire group be paying for it, but only one or two persons use that? Might not be a great idea. And so those are the type of decisions that an employer will have to make along with the employee whether to have additional benefits. However, recognizing the needs, there are times where you should add an additional benefit or perhaps do something that is not standard to the plan that shows consideration for certain critical needs or services within that group. And so we work with the employer to make that happen within the group. That is, you know, instructive to realize, you know, sometimes what appears to be a simple question or query might not be as simple when it comes to uh, the group at large, and that is something that needs to be balanced and worked out, yeah? Yes, and just to add to that, this is where we come back to the point of how important it is to know your benefits, because we want employees to be a part of that discussion with their employer. Um, so an emplo- a group of employees may look at their benefits and say, hey, um, you know, do, we, do we really need all of this? Or, could, you know, the, or do we, you know, are we missing out on something um, that, we, that we need? So we definitely encourage employers to you know, discuss the benefit plan with the employees. And, and also they can get a good picture of what their employees' health care needs and also experiences have been to better inform um, how the plan is shaped. Well, here's a kind of piggybacking question on that and what we've talked about earlier. Considering the challenging times that we're in, you know, there are many who are either uh, underemployed or perhaps unemployed. Does your company, does Argus specifically, have any plans to offer flexible coverage or perhaps even basic coverage to help these people maintain some sort of protection uh, until we get back to normal, so to speak? Yes, you, you know, during the last year and a half uh, since COVID hit the world, I think many companies, uh, businesses around the world have had to make um, many adjustments. And most of it is financial adjustments, which impacts employment. And so, you know, we were no different in working with our client base. Um, and I'll give you just, just a couple of examples. You know, just prior to COVID, um, we were looking at through research and so on, looking at the economic impact and how the world was changing and saying, how can we work with our Bermuda audience to help them manage cost? And so we launched a plan prior to COVID that looked at some efficiencies and, and uh, some cost savings around uh, benefits and so on. Then COVID hit. And we immediately went back to the table and say, Uh, Let's partner up with our client base and ask them, 
what is it that you need during this time that will work for your team? And so with that level of feedback and partnership, we went to work immediately within a couple of weeks, turned around uh, a plan that met the needs of COVID during the, the most critical space. And so uh, we launched uh, you know, a new plan during COVID. And um, I dare say it was at zero um, profit to our organization. And that was putting our clients first so that they can keep their business open, keep individuals employed. And I'll say this as a flip side to, to that as well. Sometimes individuals are asking for additional benefits that exist in normal times. And again, we go back to the cost factor. And sometimes the industry, if, if the industry is not doing their job right, the industry can try to push benefits up in order to compete for business. And what we're right. trying to do is let's be an advocate for employees and to maintain cost so that everyone can afford entry into healthcare. It is a right of everyone. And so let's deliver a plan that not only gives benefits, but also maintain long-term costs um, over time, not just for one company, but across, across the island. Well, when you speak about affordability and, uh, you know, providing services and care for, uh, you know, as many people as possible, how do health insurance companies decide which health care providers that they'll, you know, accept their plans or to cover. Uh, to put it another way, how does it work for both primary caregivers and alternative providers and even local hospital services? So coverage for local hospital services changed a few years ago. Uh, so that includes how the hospital was funded. Uh, in previous years, insurance companies would pay the hospital directly for services as members receive them. So, for example, if you went in for a colonoscopy, then uh, 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 KEMH or the hospital would uh, send a claim uh, or send a bill to Argus for those services. Now what has happened, and this is the change that's occurred with the funding, is that a portion of your monthly premium or the amount, the monthly amount that you're uh, that you pay into your insurance, a portion of that is remitted to go directly to any future hospital services for you. So that that gets sent right to um, to government for those services. And if you're insured, your hospital services are covered. Uh, but if you're not insured, you may have to pay for these services out of pocket. That is something that is uh, kind of a hard pill to swallow at times. If you know, you find yourself unprepared. However, what the, someone is looking at, go ahead, I'm sorry. However, what the hospital does have in place are medical social workers and a team there dedicated to help support uh, individuals who, who are not insured. Um, so they will work with you in terms of, um, uh, you know, coverage for your care. What would you say to someone who's looking into uh, what their plan should look like? What would you say are the core essential benefits that should be covered by a health plan, especially here in Bermuda? So a good basic health plan in Bermuda should, one, cover legislative benefits uh, because those are mandatory. Then also mm -hmm. include preventive and diagnostic services, including an annual health check and diagnostic screenings and tests. So those would include blood tests and things like that. 
Also, a good basic health plan should include visits with physicians and other regulated professionals, such as uh, clinical mental health professionals like psychologists, and also dietitian services. And then f- the final piece to a good kind of core benefit plan um, includes overseas care. So making sure that you have coverage for overseas care for emergencies and services that are not available in Bermuda. What other things do you offer special to your members? There are a number of things that we offer to our members. Um, you know, from a group level, um, where employers are considered, um, you have to think about things that may happen outside of just the medical or health component as well, such as uh, what if I become you know, disabled through an accident or, or something on the job? Do I have workers' mm-hmm. compensation? Do I have uh, disability coverage? be it short-term or long-term disability? Uh, do I have group life um, insurance mm-hmm. as well? You know, it's interesting that many persons don't look at how they can protect their life, but they look at how they'll protect their vehicle. <laughs> and so, um, you know, the combination of all of those things is important from a group level, but also at an individual level as well. What do I look at? to make sure that I do some things outside of my employer so that I can protect my family's financial legacy and so on. And so their individual plans, whether individual investment accounts, savings accounts, or um, you know where you can put voluntary contributions, et cetera, within these individual plans. So Argus provide other products and services, not to mention you know property and casualty services, such as your, your home, your, your vehicles. Uh, insurance for those things. But there are some intangible things as well that that must be considered a part of the offering. Yes, and what we have really tried to do is tie in the whole experience. So um, for the member or for the insured person, so making sure that that they get services outside of their employer, um, uh, inso- outside of their employer employee benefits, sorry, um, to ensure that they have advice, that they've got uh, care coordination and things like that. So Chris did talk about the voluntary contributions. Uh, We recently did launch um, a savings plan called PRISM. Um, So that's something to help our members um, save for the future, whether that is, you know, just for a uh, you know, a future span like children's education or home purchase. So that is something that's available to members. Also, another way we've tried to tie this all together is we do provide corporate discounts for qualifying members. So that would be 10% off, for example, property and casualty solutions for home vehicle or marine policies. Um, and in terms on the health side, um, we've really done a lot of work to develop our wellness solutions and our wellness offerings for our members. So that would include our Thrive Program, uh, which is our population health and wellness program, which we um, support support employer groups with their workplace wellness initiatives, uh, connect them to providers and, and work with providers to establish um, programs and services to help keep, keep people healthy. Um, in addition, we provide some local care coordination services for members with chronic diseases and other complex health needs. So ensuring that they, um, you know, get the referrals they need, you know, have the resources to, to manage their medications and just provide some additional support for them as they navigate their health care. 
Um, we've also got some kind of fun and cool um, uh, technology on our side in terms of our, our, our Get Up and Thrive program, which is our digital wellness program where members, and this is another tie-in to the health and wealth proposition where members can sync their activity tracking device and earn up to $200 a year uh, via direct deposit and plus some, some raffle entries. Um, so that's something that we offer and, and our, our members really enjoy using because they get rewarded for the healthy activity they're already doing, whether that is um, you know, having 30 active minutes a day or going to see their doctor for their annual physical. They get rewards for it. Well, I have to say, you both have knocked this out of the park. Every single question I've thrown at you, you are well prepared to answer. Uh, is there something either of you would like to just add when if uh, Bermuda is considering health insurance coverage? What would you like them to know? We would like them to know that Argus is a great place to start. Um, you know, tons of professional knowledge, insight, and um, advocacy for our clients and at large for the Bermuda community, we want to see sustainable access to health care, pricing, benefits, and one that's aligned to the direction, not just of our company, but uh, direction of the, as a country as a whole. And in terms of the, the takeaway action items that your listeners uh, uh, can action immediately after this podcast is one, we understand that your health insurance policy is not the best read, but please, it is so vital that you know what benefits you have. Uh, make sure that you carve out time to review your benefits, whether that um, is um, uh, um, in, in a policy document you have physically or go online. Um, you know, Many kind of health insurance companies, including Argus, have an online secure member portal. Um, ours is called Vantage, where members can go online, view their benefits, see how much they have left in their, in their kind of benefit balances. So that is a really a key point for this conversation is to know your benefits. Um, we would encourage you to do that. Talk to your HR department if you have any questions or even just contact us. Our customer service line is always open at 2980888 or you can email us at, at insurance at argus.bm Well, all I can say is many thanks to you both Christopher and Shakira for coming on to this podcast today your time and your willingness to share with us is greatly appreciated You have been listening to Best Health, presented by the Royal Gazette and RG Mag a new podcast series with the best health expertise in Bermuda Tune in to our podcast series on royalgazette.com forward slash RG podcast. Have a great day, Bermuda. This episode of Best Health is brought to you by Bermuda Pest Control.